ARVN. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. A market that actually saw some higher numbers on the end on this corn and the soybeans. Uh, unfortunately, some negativity continues on the livestock side, but higher uh, for the hogs. So the cattle on both the live and the feeders moved lower. Wheat numbers, as we jump back to the grains, also saw some negativity. But there's some interesting outlooks on this trade. And no surprise, it all comes down to what these models are saying and how hot is it going to get? Just a little bit ago, I had a heat alert that came across my phone uh, warning me over the next five days. We're going to talk about what these models mean, what's happening with Chinese demand, and a lot more as we look at this program today. As Joining us is Darren Fressler. Darren, of course, with Lakefront Futures. And we got to start out with these models. Man, you talk about them getting hotter. There's a little bit of maybe um, edge to them, not knowing really how hot, and are we over-predicting what some of these temperatures might be? Yeah, it's it, next week, and as uh, moving into the weekend, it is going to be a very, very hot next uh, seven days here across a lot of the Corn Belt, not just Nebraska, but uh, the entire belt. It's going to start in the west and move its way eastward to the eastern Corn Belt. Uh, granted, the GFS, I think, is really starting to show some of its flaws, the extremes of the GFS. So we're trying to rely a little bit more on the Euro model. Uh, but Euro model, again, it is still in triple-digit heat across most of Nebraska and, and into Iowa here, especially if you get on to the Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday of next week. And as I continue to talk, uh, one about the markets and, and two producers is, you know, this crop is not finished yet. We had some early heat there in June that maybe had impacted that V4 to V7 growing stage. So we really don't know what the impact is going to be now a lot of clients are saying that hey the kernel counts are there the depth there and the test weight these are something that are obviously be going to be determined but these temperatures you would have to think that the, when we look at the good excellent ratings out monday you would have to assume that they're going to probably move lower on the corn and even the beans here as we push this heat and with no rain in the forecast uh this crowd not necessarily finishing the greatest at the moment here on these beans now and we really can't have that because we have a pretty tight site tox use ratio right now and the usda i think did a did a fairly good job on uh last week on the uh, yields moving those both lower on, on corn and beans personally i'm at 174 on the corn and 50 on the beans but you get much lower here um it's it, it's going to encourage uh you know the prices to move a little bit higher here the question that i have on the beans in particular is how much higher can we go because now we if you look over the last couple weeks we've gone less competitive versus the Brazil Brazilian crop, and they're obviously coming off a record bean crop, a record corn crop. So, really, the competitiveness side of this market is really the probably the thorn in the side that's maybe really keeping this thing rocking and rolling. Uh, it could, because the weather is, I think, is working against this crop at the moment. Well, you know, we've got some tours that are showing up next week as well, and and weather obviously won't be factored in at that point, but they might give us an inkling to what they're seeing, so we can factor in these these heat, hot temperatures. Yeah, there is a there's a pretty big firm right now that's going across the belt, and and what they've seen so far, at least what they're talking about, is a lot of variability in the corn, um, low pod counts in the beans. Um, at least that's what they've seen so far here, and I think that's probably what pro farmers want to see next week when they start their tour. Um, again, I, I think that that we we can't discount that early June heat here. Uh, I think this is an okay crop. It is a fairly decent crop in areas. Yes, I don't think it's a 
disaster where we're going to get sub 170. Um, but when we look at the balance sheet and we throw out numbers here and there, they're more or less just guesses at this moment. But let's say we are sub 170. Um, does it impact the balance sheet enough on the corn to to encourage demand and or encourage the price higher, knowing that CONAB, which is the equivalent of our USDA in Brazil, they're probably still a little bit light on the Brazilian production. And so it, it's, it comes down to, okay, can we be, if the crop is not here in the U.S., can we be competitive enough to gain or attract that business, whether it be in Mexico, whether it be in Japan? And not only that, Japan has a lot of their own issues uh, that they're dealing with. The, the yen is significantly weaker versus the dollar right now, and the Bank of Japan probably is going to step in here and try to intervene here at some moment. But the, again, it, it goes, it all comes back to where are we competitive in this right now? And the PNW, the, the weakest of all the corn markets, and even the even the golf, we're just not right now. We're not all that competitive um, when we're lo looking at the P and W. But when we look at the golf basis and we look at where the prices are relative to say some Brazilian ports, the Ocno Dees time frame, we are competitive. Now, are we competitive if we get the five fifty or beyond on Dees corn or March corn? Probably not. And that's see, that's the those are the rallies that probably are, are opportunities from the producer side at this moment. Well, and I wanted to talk, too, because you mentioned earlier about uh, this is the first close above uh, the five-day moving average for corn in quite some time. Yeah, this was the first close we've had above the five. It has acted as resistance ever since that late July breakdown. We had uh, basically a, the July WASI. We really sent prices higher back towards that 570 level. And when we started breaking, it has acted as resistance every single time. So we got to close above that five-day. Uh, first time since July 25th here. We are right against that July 25th trend line. So what we need to see here tomorrow, we need to take baby steps. Because granted, the balance sheet don't look all that great. Fundamentals don't look all that great. So it's baby steps here on out so what we need to see is probably a push above this uh, four 490 level to push it towards that 499 to five dollars where that next high volume levels are but again it, it's i think it's the fun stepping in here and just continuing to pound the wheat market it's not giving corn a whole lot of optimism at the moment and as you mentioned too the higher dollar that just adds a whole nother layer to these exports Oh, they certainly do. The dollar, we're working on higher highs, higher lows, five consecutive weeks now. Dollar, again, we have our own economic issues here, but we're still the best house on a bad block if you want to look at it that term. All right, well, stick around, folks. We've got a lot more coming up as we get ready for the second half of the Fontenelle Final Bell. We'll talk a little bit about what's happening as well with China's demand. They've got, as you all know, some current financial issues that are weighing in. How is that going to affect our exports, not only from a grain perspective, but more importantly, from that pork perspective? We'll also look at what's happening with the pullback on the cattle and a few other things that just might pop up in the conversation. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Summer is going fast and Husker Harvest Days is right around the corner. Please join us one final year in the Fontenelle Tent at the show September 12th through the 14th near Grand Island. There's plenty to talk about, including the merger into the new Channel Seed brand, our proven performance potential, and an expanded corn portfolio for 2024. So stop and see Fontenelle at Husker Harvest Days. The same local commitment with new possibilities. Always read and follow pesticide label directions, IRM, grain marketing, and other stewardship practices. KRVN. 
Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Of course, we're continuing our conversation this afternoon with Darren Fessler. Darren is with Lakefront Future. As we left off kind of talking about the ins and outs of this grain complex, let's talk China because we know that the money's tight, the the finances in that country have continued to evolve and change. And now we're starting to hear the rumblings about export opportunities. Even though now they're buying like crazy from Brazil, there still could be some headwinds coming to the United States. Oh, yeah. Or even the world, for that matter. I mean, when we look at the most recent data from from China, exports are weak. Imports are weak. You've seen industrial production weak. Uh, they, they've stopped publishing youth unemployment. Uh, you have a government now that's trying to step in and tell banks and, and corporations not to sell stock. So, you know, I, as China usually does, they, they put a big wrap on things or cover on what's really going on. Uh, and I think situation in China is pretty serious uh, to the point where you look at the devaluation of the won and and with versus the dollar or even the Russian ruble. Uh, it, it, this whole mix here of what's going on in China, even with the recent floods, uh, it, it, it has a huger, much broader global macro picture. And how strong is that demand there? Now, we've seen them step up here and buy some beans. Now, again, I think some of that is because we were we were. Two weeks ago, we were a lot more competitive versus Brazil. Well, since then, U.S. prices have risen about 50 cents, and Brazil has really not done a whole lot. Farmer selling still remains pretty weak in the U.S. Farmer selling in Brazil remains pretty weak as well. So stronger China is better for our the, the entire global macro picture and better for commodities. So we're, we're going to have to continue to watch this Chinese data filter in uh, very, very closely. If you look at the bond market, uh, I think the bond market is really trying to tell us that bond yields across the world have been rallying, whether you're talking the Germans, the US, UK gilts, uh, 10-year treasuries, you know, they're pushing October highs, 15-year highs. So again, it's there's a lot more in the mix here than just weather or just China. And and so that there's so many things going on here. And if you look at just purely a technical perspective, you're not going to get the funds to really change their mindset or direction. Now, corn being above the five-day could have been maybe the first warning shot here. But you're really going to have to see the bulls come in here and really start to defend these lows that we established here even yesterday, today. And you got to see multiple sessions here. Now, what would change it? I think a about five, five oh two. That definitely would get some short covering, probably back up to that five twenty, uh, five thirty level where we reach another trend line resistance. But I think the most positive thing that U.S. ag markets have is probably the soybean market. Resistance is still right at that twenty day moving average. But anything above there, if you run into some weather, if Chinese demand comes back, you could get that initial push towards that thirteen sixty, thirteen eighty. But again, I think that is an opportunity for producers to reward that. Because at that moment, we're probably going to be less, we're already less competitive versus Brazil right now on this move. We'd be even more or less competitive if you get that type of move. So you're going to have to get either these balance sheets to come in a little bit lower on the corn and the beans or a, a much better a global macro picture for commodities. Maybe that does something with currency wars or the bond market that really get commodities excited. Now, the equity market, the stock market is very overvalued relative to commodities. I think that's something the fund managers look at as well so we'll switch gears quickly here what are your thoughts on the pullback we're seeing within the cattle market well seasonality is 
we're bearish here, off cattle. We're starting to work into that uh, the head and shoulders technical pattern. We broke the neckline, so what that really means is you're probably going to see continued follow uh, follow uh, follow through onto the downside. We've seen that here today. Now again, like I said, it's it's seasonally bearish here, and again, when we think about the overall commodity complex, it's driven by the consumer here. Now consumer debts are rising. You look at credit card balances are also rising. So is the consumer weaker? The consumer has really helped this cattle market they've been very relentless in paying these higher meat prices but we're just seeing some technical damage here this is the first time that the five and nine day moving averages across below the 20 day we have not seen this in fat cattle since may so again the, the momentum of cattle is definitely starting to slow here does it transpire into much much lower uh, prices for feeder cattle uh, it, you know still yet to be determined but right now uh as we, as we continue to tell guys is i think that these are levels where we still need to have some type of downside protection in place definitely nice though to see some green going on for these hogs Oh, most certainly it is. Uh, but we're right back to some resistance levels. We need to see uh, the, the Chinese crush margins really start to pan out here. We need China to recover. If it does, I think these are good things for the cow or the hog market to, to, to participate higher in. Now, biggest thing I want to watch is any type of closes above 80, 81 here on the OC contract. I think that could push you more, uh, a couple more dollars higher yet. But again, it's just the, the poor technicals and the momentum that is, is still bearish in the hogs, keeping it from really galloping higher all right darren what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you they can reach me directly at 312-858-3668 or they can find me always on twitter at ddf alpha and that is today's fontanel final bell as we always remind you commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors and that's the fontanel final bell being brought to you by fontanel hybrids and all your local dealers check it out as a podcast at ruralradionetwork.com or wherever you subscribe it's the fontanel final bell on the Rural Radio Network.